what is this giant thing sitting in front of my middle of my screen? That's what she said. Oh, That's Jeff's seeing. face. That is, oh, that is my face. Crap. My bad. Did you just kick our guest off of the call? <laughs> oh my god! I was okay. sitting here clicking the. It just it was like live colon CID something is... sitting in the middle of my screen. Phil, I swear to God, bastard. the giant thing was like my contact info. I think. Well, Phil okay. just kicked you off. Of okay, so on my screen, look, it's like right. It's like right in the middle. No excuse. I don't want an excuse. That's you're not in charge of this, Phil. Jeff was being an ass. Or Phil was being an asshole. That's the only. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry. Did you instinctively just went Jeff's being an asshole? Well, that's fair. <laughs> that is the instinctual thing that. <laughs> this is off to a great start. Great. This is why people don't return as guests because we just traumatize them so much. Oh yeah. This <laughs> is good. What... <laughs> yeah, that's why. Um, let's just start because there's nowhere to go but up from here. Uh, welcome to the Nerd Trick Podcast, everybody. I am Jeff. Uh, I'm here with David. Hey guys. And Phil. Did we lose Phil? No, he... it's frozen on mine. Uh, really? Oh, did I didn't touch? <laughs> How dare you boot me in retaliation? You fucking I didn't have touch <laughs> Your video's frozen, but I didn't touch anything. I swear. Uh huh. Yeah. Frozen. All right. No one click anything. I swear to God. Uh huh. All right. Um. Don't breathe, man. Shit. What are we doing? Oh, and <laughs> this is so bad. All right. We do have a guest with us today. Welcome, Kellen. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course. Um, I think most people would probably more uh, know you more from your Twitter handle, which is? Thrifty Trekkie. Yes. Because um, your cosplays are great. I love your stuff. And you do so many characters. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, yeah. I try. I mean, Star Trek has so many amazing characters to choose from across 55 years of media that it's hard not to, you know? absolutely and it's it's just fun to see like i always get excited is like whenever there's a uniform change or there's just some random character oh, yeah. spy you're like oop, i can cosplay that exactly so many options truly infinite options in this fandom absolutely well and then you can change it up i mean because i think even in some of the like lower decks episodes now yeah. there's like one ship just has one type of uniform and then mm -hmm. they go to a star base and it's complete like there's no one solid uniform for everybody yeah yeah, in Which that area cool. we see, yeah, we see different uniforms in that area. The dress uniforms too from the last episode, or I love those. Scants. We yeah. should all be in scants. <laughs> I haven't done a scant yet. I'd really like to. I would love to do a scant. Yeah. They just seem really comfortable and breathy. Definitely. Absolutely. Right on. Um, so how did you get into Star Trek, first of all? I I would say I'm a relatively new fan, probably, compared to all of you. I uh, first got started by watching the 2009 movie in theaters okay. with friends, and I was just obsessed with it when we got out of there. So I went back and watched TOS on Netflix over the next couple months after that and went from there. Was that kind of a jump to go from something that's like very current sci-fi and really technical to like 60s sci-fi? Um, I, I guess. I don't know. I, I give it credit for what it was trying to do. And I'm a theater kid, so I found it okay. more charming than anything. Like the backdrops and stuff made sense to me because it was just what they could do with the budget at the time. And I understood that. Yeah, that makes sense. Because they're like yeah, cardboard walls that they can move around yeah. and make a new set and redress. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so how much have, have you watched? How much like are have you gone through everything? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not caught up with Florida decks right now, but uh, that's okay. I don't that's mind spoilers. Okay. 
Right on. So you're pretty much a completist, uh, like stuff for like you know brand brand new stuff. Yeah, I try to be. I uh, awesome. I don't have Netflix anymore, so we'll yeah. see what happens. But <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, because now everything's come. Well, they're yeah, um, they're moving it all the anyway. Series. Yeah, because eventually there's going to be on Paramount. Mm-hmm. More than likely. Yeah, I'll have to get to Paramount. Yeah. Um, right on. So, what um, favorite series do you have? My f- sure. My favorite series is Deep Space Nine by okay. quite a long margin. Yeah. What is it about DS9 that just kind of catches you more than, than the others? I don't know. It just has a homey feel to it after a while. I mean, I know that the central focus is a war, but the fact that we get to see people inhabit this space and kind of grow up there. I know they do on the ships too, but there's something about it being stationary that I know a lot of fans didn't like, but I absolutely love. That makes sense. Cause it, it kind of has to be more of, of a home, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of have to just make do with what they have. Exactly. They have to get along. They have to make it comfortable and they have to kind of get through it. They're stuck there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then favorite characters or captain or both. Um, My favorite captain, I still have to say Kirk. It's the series I started with, and I don't know. I think he's the best balance of rule-following and rule-bending for the time period (laughs) that it's set in. Yeah. Okay. Um, But but then some of the the characters that you cosplay, though, as well, like you do Garrick, uh, Mm -hmm. you do Akira, Mm -hmm. you do... do, I mean, you do a lot. I do. Which is a good um, thing. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. No, I, I think you can tell if I like a character, if I cosplay them, and especially if I cosplay them in like more than one variation, Multiple you can tell that I really like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, lots of DS9 representation in my cosplay lineup too. Absolutely. Which, and so um, I know David and I are, are more of the cosplayers than Phil is. Mm-hmm. What I like about what you do too, is that you do kind of take that thrifty route, which is a great thing because I think for a lot of cosplayers, you know, new and old, you get bogged down and like, I, it needs to be screen accurate or it needs mm-hmm. to be perfect. It needs to, you know, co- pay $500 for a uniform to be made. Mm-hmm. And those are great cosplays, but just have fun and you can do a $30 cosplay and have just as much fun and go out there and do it. Definitely. Yeah. That's exactly what I try to show people. And it's like, you can have a bigger range of costumes for the same budget of maybe one professionally made costume. Mm-hmm. And I don't worry as much when I'm wearing, you know, these cheap homemade things about like it tearing or if I spill something on it, I'm not as worried as I would be with an expensive uniform. True. Yeah. Cause then the, the cost to repair or oh, to just mm-hmm. yeah, make a brand new sense. one. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I think it's more fun cause you're less, uh, less worried. I think you get a bit more, creative as well because you're like okay what random store purchase thing or fabric can i use to turn into something absolutely yeah i try to stick to my budget and i just go into the thrift store with an open mind and make something work if i don't find something perfect yeah right on and and plus and i think the the biggest thing about cosplay is the play part just have fun definitely and i think that's what i I, because like i said people get so bogged down and how it has to look and, and expense and or comparing ourselves to others, which I know we all do. We do. Um, yeah. You know, for better or worse. Um, but it's, yeah, just go out and, and have fun. And I think that's the greatest thing, especially when you go to like a Star Trek convention. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can have a hundred people wearing the same uniform and it, it does not matter because we're all crew members on a ship. Absolutely. You know, there's so many characters who wear the same thing. 
right? It's such it's such a great communal experience going to cons. But like you said about comparing ourselves to others, so I try to I try to show like decent photos of every uniform to prove that it's fun and that you don't have to look anything like the character to still have fun and look great. But, like oh, you absolutely. know who I am, you know. That's yeah. all that matters. Definitely. Or yeah, you can get at least like what show it's from or what character it's mm-hmm. from. And yeah, and you don't have to look a hundred percent because then if people aim for that, then nobody would ever cosplay. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, just a true. lot of stress to put on people. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Unless you happen to be strikingly tall with a nice beard and can swing <laughs> your leg over your properly. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Right on. Well, welcome. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate you, you joining us just to talk about some random TNG episodes. That's awesome. My pleasure. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Uh, so today we'll be talking about the host, uh, TNG season four, uh, episode 23, original air date, May 11th, 1991. So I, I knew this was coming up and I kind of reached out to you on purpose. Cause I know you're also a big trill fan Yeah. and you <laughs> do those cosplays as well. Um, and I know this isn't may not be the best representation of trills, but it's our first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching this is so vastly interesting, just just because you get this, and then we don't really get trills again until DS Nine, and it's so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like knowing what we know now. Yeah, it's yeah. just like between the appearance and the the symbiote and the kind of the relationship and how different it is. Like it's it's just completely different characters. And not being able to use the stupid transporter? What the hell? No, I yeah. love that. Oh, I miss that they got rid of that detail on DS9. I think that adds a great a weakness. It kind of builds a weakness into characters like Jadzia. But anyway, I wish they would have kept that. Oh, that would have been, been crazy. That would have been crazy inconvenient. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, then they would have to more find alien aliens. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because yeah, they're just assuming the transporter works for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, like, oh, it's safe. Well, I was also wondering, though, if they built that in on purpose, be, not being able to transport because the symbiont was basically, well, the host was dying. I mean, there, right. was, there was damage there to the symbiont or the host, and I was wondering if maybe that's why they didn't transport. It's like he knew something was wrong. Well, but that created the plot point. That's how he yeah. gets hurt, and because he's mm-hmm. in, because he can't, because if, if he can transport, he, th- there would be no show. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, though. I'm wondering if if that's why they did it, but yet like Jadzia or whatever, it has no problem transporting wherever because they're fine. Mm. There's, there's no stress or anything on the symbiont or the host. And I don't know. I feel like they would have modified the transporters by DS9. That's what I like to think of is that they would have figured it out. The more that the Federation learns about trail, because at this yeah. point in the TNG episode, they didn't know that they were a symbiotic race. So I think once they knew that they would mm. start adapting transporters for that. Yeah, and I thought that was a pretty big Makes detail sense. to to not know about a species. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, oh, yeah, we're, the trans- way. we're transporting this ambassador who's a negotiator and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, co-joined species. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We left that <laughs> yeah. out. Sorry about that. Surprise. Surprise, motherfuckers. Yeah, because yeah. Um, yeah, it is one thing for him to be like, oh, I didn't bring to bring it up at that point to Beverly. But, like, <laughs> you'd think at some point in their history, yeah, that would have come no up one knows. somewhere. Like. <laughs> Or for Beverly, just like having his medical records, maybe? I don't know. It's like, mm, that might have come up. She might have. She know. might not have gotten them if he's just there short term. But yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, so the general plot of this one is um, there's an ambassador on board uh, who he's been, I think they say he's been there for like 10 days or so. Um, mm-hmm. 
falls madly in love with Dr. Crusher. And she's adorable on this episode, just how much like she cares and loves him. Like I like their, their whole relationship. Um, and he's on board. So they're taking him to go uh, negotiate a peace between these two planets. He gets hurt. And then they realize, Oh, it's uh, um, he has a symbiote and now they've got to like find a host. So, so then Riker has to host him uh, for the negotiations until an actual Trill host can come. And, and it's, I think especially, I mean, cause this coming out in the early nineties, that very last scene or just kind of dealing with how the trill changes bodies was dealing with a lot for the nineties yeah. or even now. Um, so I like, I, and I like that we get a good, uh, Dr. Crusher story. Um, but usually her stories would do involve like a romance of some kind. Yeah. that's kind of how it seems to be going. It's like, okay, yeah. Bev, Bev falls in love. And, and then it, it does not work out. Well, in that great scene when she's when uh, Odan is asking Captain Picard about Beverly and her and their relationship and all this stuff, and when he gets a little bit like bro talk on details, and Captain Picard gets all butthurt, like I like Bev too. I was like, oh, yeah. poor, poor Jean Luc. Sorry, dude. I think he was more a little surprised by it. I don't. What I kind of liked is yeah. that there's not really any jealousy in the episode because even when when the oh yeah when, they're like when little the hug and stuff at the end yeah right well yeah because when he's like oh you can talk to me but even when it's in Riker and Troy's like hey if you guys are in love don't worry about the host because obviously she loves Riker so there's a kind of this mm-hmm. yeah I don't know triangle triad credibility there at least going but, on. yeah it's not like the raging jealousy isn't driving their decisions like, yeah <laughs> which is like nice, usual yeah, yeah. right <laughs> like the normal yeah which they've kind of brought up before. I think there's the one where like, you know, Troy fell in love with that, that other negotiator and, and, and Riker was like, as long as she's happy. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of follow that same, you know, path, even up, up mm-hmm. card is like, as long as you're happy, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I haven't watched this one in a while, but yeah. So kind of going back to just how the trill are so different. Like obviously they're, uh, uh their facial features are very different. Um, cause later on it's just basically just, it's, uh, spots. That's the only mm-hmm. difference. There's no like facial appliance, which I think was what, isn't that the whole Rick Berman story of he's like, Oh, um, Terry Farrell's too attractive. We don't want to put a big facial appliance on her face. So I've heard that, that but I've also heard that Terry had an allergy cause we never see her really in prosthetics after that, even though we see other characters, like other actors take on like Klingon roles and disguises and stuff in episodes. I don't think we ever see her do that if I remember correctly. So that might also be a legitimate reason, oh, that could be. but I mean, I'll never pass up a chance to say that Rick Berman is garbage. So true. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> God, just the more stories that come out about him, you're like, what a piece of shit. Like what the fuck? Right? man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get that. And then once we actually look at the symbiote, it's vastly different from how it looks later on. Like it's like brightly colored and just, it looks weird. Yeah. It's like a big sea slug. Yeah. But even the, the, <laughs> the Jadzia one doesn't look like that. Right. I mean, I haven't no. watched those in a while, but it looks more it's, like it's gray. Yeah. yeah. It's Yeah. It's not as, bleh, I don't know. I can't even describe it. Yeah. It's well, it's, I think it's more toned down probably. Yeah, and like bright shiny colors and all that. Yeah, they're not trying to jazz it up, I guess, for <laughs> to, to cut right through and shove it inside of. Yeah. yeah. Or when it's sitting in, or when it's sitting in that stasis little chamber mm-hmm. tube looking thing on Beverly's desk. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> 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 
Okay. Thank um, you. it's yeah, it's it's interesting. It, it it seems like there's a lot of aliens that kind of come aboard and they're like, oh, we just we've never told you about this, or they don't know anything about these these aliens. Yeah. I think there's been some other ones too where they're like, oh, we don't tell you about that part of our culture or something. Well, at least we're not doing the typical, hey, we're never going to see these people ever, ever again. Bye. That true. is true. It's nice to know they're going to pop up again. I didn't yeah, think we'll that get, was going to be the case. Get, we'll get a couple hundred episodes of, <laughs> yeah, of, of, of Trill. Trill. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, between Jedzia and then Ezri. Ezri. And then they don't really come back until... Discovery season Discovery, three. Yeah. Discovery, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which I like that storyline too. That's really interesting. Just to get more depth about them. Cause I, mm-hmm. since I, since I didn't watch DS nine, I don't know a ton about them. Um, but yeah, like when they go to their planet and just how all the different hosts and all that, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Which, which is kind of another thing for this episode. So in this one, it seems like the symbiote is in complete control. Um, that's the main personality and the host yeah. is just a shell. But then you get to Jed Z and she's like, it's more Jed Z's personality where she just has the memories of all the other hosts. Right. Yeah. It's like an influence instead of a dominance. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's the biggest change that we see really. I mean, aside from the facial features, because them being secretive is consistent all the way through to discovery. Um, like mm. I imagine that humans, well, and humans have hosted Trill Symbionts before, but they don't seem to know that and they don't share that information. They don't share any of um, Dax's darker history before it joins. They don't share the fact that so many more people are capable of joining than they let on. So I think that's relatively consistent from TNG onward. Do you think, is that just, I mean, I guess protecting, because from what we've seen more in Discovery, it's it, it's a very sacred thing to be chosen uh, mm-hmm. to host a, a symbiont. All right, is it symbiont or symbiote? It's symbiont, yeah. Symbiont, okay. O-N-T, yeah. O-N-T, all right. Yeah, so it seems like it's it's a very spiritual thing, It's and that's a huge part of who they are. And then, yeah, it would probably be weird if they're like, oh, no, anyone can host one. I mean, because even Riker had one for a few days. Right. At least... Somebody's weird yeah. Uncle George is all of a sudden a host. <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> like, how'd you get us? Um, never mind, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> well, they kind of make it a big deal in Discovery, though, when um, I'm terrible with character names. When um, Adira? When ho- yeah, when Adir is hosting. Because um, yeah, cause Adir doesn't go through like rejection, right? No. Not that I remember. No, and I I think that goes back to the fact that a lot more species and individuals are capable of hosting than they thought. That's all. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and then it could be maybe even if your species can host it, maybe not each individual person. You're just not as right because not even every trill can host one, right? Most of them can, but yeah, it sounds okay. like there's still a small percentage that aren't physically able to for whatever reason. Okay, interesting. Um. Yeah, so we get um, so the host dies, um, and we never really learn his name. He doesn't even have a name. Like none of the hosts do. It, they just call him by right. the symbiote's name. That's another distinct change that I forgot to mention between this yeah. era and then later on. Yeah, it's like oh, it's Odan. Oh no, no, it's Odan. Nope, it's Odan yeah, again. He must have had an individual name, but we don't know what it is because he's mm. so focused on protecting the symbiote and using its identity that he doesn't have his own anymore. Well, and I guess it shows, I guess maybe just the, 
how much more growth they wanted to give to the trills as they mm-hmm. did develop DS9. They're like, okay, there's a, a you know, there's like Dax as the, like the surname that gets passed around, but then you've got Jedzia or Ezra right. or you know whoever. Um, yeah, at least uh, it's some combination of the the host and the symbiote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that it's just one yeah. one it's a, personality. It's, a, it's an actual joining. It's not just random. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that much better. Yeah, because yeah, in this it makes it seem like you, you're giving up a lot probably to be a host. Because mm-hmm. they kinda, yeah, what do they get out of it? You know? Yeah, right. Because they take over. Well, I mean, I mean, plus in in, in these forty two minutes they don't really go too in depth. We don't know what the process is or how in culture in their culture it works or all that. Sure. Well, yeah, but if it's a symbiote, that's what symbiotes are. They benefit each other usually. <clears throat> mm-hmm. One, yeah. So yeah, what's the benefit back to the hosting? organism is kind of a curious thing because it seems like the the little space squid or whatever that was <laughs> takes over and gets all the benefits <laughs> gets to walk and talk and live and breathe and the other person just kind of disappears or gets pushed to the back or something yeah. at least as far as we see in this episode yeah sure. yeah 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 you don't get a lot i mean if not for ds9 they could have been a one and done yeah it's the it's the, it's the alien that, that we never see again yeah, I wonder what prompted them to bring them back. That's, uh, I'm glad they made that decision and expanded them more. Definitely one of the races with the most potential, I think. Plus, it can't be a real symbiote. There's no black goo or anything that like shoots stuff out. <laughs> Big teeth. <laughs> Shit, it's one of the red ones. <laughs> I'm so excited for that movie. For the Spider-Man fans? <laughs> there we go. For, for Venom Carnage, yeah. Um, so we do get a death. Uh, the host dies. We don't have a name for him. That's kind of sad. Yep, just dude. I don't know, dude. Right, so are we counting him, or do they have to? Well, be yeah, named? he dies. So we get to yeah, add him to our. Yeah, he's he's dead as fuck. So yeah, he's, he's counted. <laughs> so you you add him onto our. I think he's just a little bit alive. No, nope. mostly dead, but a little bit alive. <laughs> <laughs> like walking around, getting poked with a stick. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm feeling better. <laughs> All right. So you add him. Um, Alrighty. It's interesting too the plot of kind of the while David's doing that, I'll, um, the thing that he's going to negotiate is interesting. Like, so there's these two planets, and one of them has this power source, but it, but the planet number two gets in the path of that power source, so then it like is killing them slowly. Um, but then planet number one won't give it up because that's like their sole source of power and their economy and everything. Yeah, it's giving them global warming. Oh, how about that? Yeah, I was like, this is oddly relevant it's even oddly now. Familiar. Always, yeah. Which again seems to happen quite a bit in Star Trek. It does. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, let's talk about this thing in the '90s. Maybe in 30 years it won't be a thing. No, it's still a thing. Not still, still a, a thing. thing. <laughs> we didn't fix anything. <laughs> we didn't no. fix shit. <laughs> Because we're horrible and keep electing the wrong people. I'm still waiting for the. Doesn't World War Three break out soon? Soon. Are the Bell riots? Bell riots oh, are yeah. soon, and then yeah, there's World War Three coming up, and all the, uh, the augmentation stuff is coming up, and we have stuff. To, we have things to. Yeah, look we have to. stuff to look forward. <laughs> look forward to. <laughs> look forward to. Khan's gonna take over. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Super. <laughs> all right, Dave. What does that bring our kill? count up to 
Alrighty, so that brings us to a total of uh, TNG deaths is 15,681, with 5,000 Borg deaths, 1,650 deaths from TOS, for a total of 22,331 deaths thus far in Star Trek. Nice. Wow. Very nice. <laughs> it's a lot of bloods. A lot of yeah. blood spilled. <laughs> it is. Um, we haven't I don't even know, got the DS9 yet. Yeah, you haven't got Dominion War and everything. Um, I don't know what what else did you guys? I mean, David, what? Because I know you've seen a like a little bit of DS Nine, and you probably recognize some of the troll, like you know the spots. Like, was this? Have you seen this one before? Uh, No, I had not seen this one before, and yeah, I kind of recognized like the spots on the face a tiny bit, but I can't associate it to any characters like you did mm. and i had no idea that they were going to have you know the the thing inside them the symbiote symbiote or symbiote or whatever you want to call it um so i mean it was interesting uh i'd probably give it about a six and a half on the devil meter uh it held my interest but i'm i'm trying to think of why i didn't score it higher <laughs> this is definitely well, more I, of like a walking talking Character well, it one. is, and it's and it's a very romance-heavy plot too. I mean, I get the drama involved in it, like the thing switches to another person. Like, do you love the what was on the inside or what was on the outside? And then it becomes that even more complicated as they goes to the other trail host who ends up being female. So, it's it's an interesting concept and an interesting conundrum. I think I'll bump it up to seven point five, seven and a half. I give it a seven and a half. I talked <laughs> myself into it. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Um. Yeah, that that last scene is interesting. It it switches to a female, um, which I know they don't really address because I, I remember I remember in DS Nine when Jedzia meets an old flame with a different host, and it's like the first you know female female kiss, and that was like a huge thing at the time. Yeah, um, and they kind of like say it with, like without saying it in this episode, like because yeah. even Crusher finds a way to spinning a little bit she's like oh i can't keep up what if you change hosts again you know and she's kind of processing all this as well mm-hmm. um i don't know it was in, it was interesting because it, it didn't seem like it was that big of a problem for the trill for odan um but they yeah it's like they kind of said it but they didn't really say anything well, yeah but odan is still loving technically the same person there's no change right. that they have to keep up with other than being in a new body well, which is seems to be normal for them like <laughs> i'm sure they're used to more fluid relationships like that yeah, yeah you'd Probably. have to be if that's your whole society right uh-huh. yeah well don't i mean I, and again i know a lot of this kind of um information about trolls is, is not does not exist at this time when the episode comes out but i know by DS9. All right, all. Go ahead. There you go. <laughs> well, with, with the whole, with the whole. Well, yeah, because you you would probably know more than I would. Um, well, you, uh, you definitely know more than I do. Um, when they get to the Jedzia episode with the old flame, I think mm. there's some rule like, oh, we're not supposed to socialize or have these romantic interests with with old hosts or something, right? Right. Yeah. So they're framing a homosexual relationship instead of it being taboo for that reason because we have to have an alien allegory to show that on screen they're making it taboo because these two symbionts were married in previous hosts both of them were in different bodies at the time so they're saying that it's taboo for them to reassociate because they already have this history Mm -hmm. and the point of joining to a new body is to go and have new experiences not to keep falling back on the same ones and build kind of a 
a society just of joint individuals based solely on their symbionts experiences, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause they want the symbiont to, I mean, cause that's how you're retaining hundreds of years of memories and experiences and you can bring that back and share it with everyone else yeah right instead of the same over and over again just kind of building their own joint society especially too if they live longer i could see a creature that feeds off of other creatures and has to shift from one to another surviving a lot longer than the host bodies Mm, usually they do so yeah if you have stuff that long i could see why they're like no move on to something new like let's not keep repeating the same thing over and over because that can be complicated yeah right (laughs) yeah no exactly do they give a lifetime of the symbiont? Do they ever say like a general lifetime? I don't believe we ever get one. No. Um, we know that by the time Dax is in Gen Zia, it's like 300, I think they say. I don't okay. know. When you go back and do the math, it doesn't work for the number of posts <laughs> that it's had. It should be closer to, I would think, seven or 800. But mm. that's where I would estimate their life goes to about a thousand just based on that. Okay. Maybe that's the benefit they give their hosts, that the hosts live longer, too. So they can be longer in a single host. Well, in a way, they Isn't live they? forever because they get their history passed down and down and down. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, especially with, like, Jadzia, because, I mean, her relationship with Cisco and being Curzon mm-hmm. and their their kind of relationship and their their friendship. I think, because doesn't that kind of immediately make them more friends than if she wasn't, did oh, not yeah. have, have those those memories? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even then, cause he's, he still calls her old man, even though it's not mm-hmm. occurs on. Yeah. So there's still kind of that familiar familiarity. Definitely. Yeah. Which, and then, I mean, then they do touch on it a little bit as well. When Esri comes back on with Worf and all that. And at least from, from what I remember. Yeah, no, you're right. All right. Um, I don't know. What else is in this one? What did I miss? I think that was pretty much it. It's not a, I mean, it's, it's an it's interesting episode, episode, but it's yeah. not a, yeah, it's not a complex or dense episode at all. It's very easy yeah. to follow and basic, even though it's an interesting topic. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, I'm glad that they did give Crusher or, or uh, uh, against McFadden a, a good episode. I mean, she could, I think she kind of stretched her legs on this one a bit. Even though it was just kind of a romance one, and that's all she, it seems like, like they ever give her. Um, she got to do good. some doctory stuff a little bit. That's true. She did. She <laughs> did some surgery. I liked, um, I, I didn't realize that there's a spa on, on the Enterprise. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yep. isn't it? Yeah. I guess Deanna goes there all the time, supposedly. Uh, apparently. Uh, I mean, it's like, kind oh, of a spa, though. He was, cut, he was cutting hair in the corner, so I think it's just kind of like barbershop beauty stuff and Whatever. relaxation yeah so it's not like a, a just a spa but but i like that they it have it sense. i mean because we've well, seen yeah. the barbershop before and that makes sense because you need your haircut but that there's just like a place you can go and relax like i love that get your yeah. nails done the enterprise is definitely more cruise ship than it is like military submarine <laughs> yeah or military like, destroyer hey. <laughs> i could just picture a uh, uh card is doing the captain's dinner like every saturday oh, yeah. night <laughs> Like we have guests on, we have guests on board. That'd be great. Let's go entertain them. <laughs> yeah. uh, this episode was filmed while Gates McFadden was pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think now. We don't get a lot of probably body shots of her. It's mostly kind of like yeah, kind yeah, of faces, abdomen up, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. 
It's interesting. Uh, yeah, that was a comment she'd made at a con. It was she? It was a great episode, and she loved it, but she wished she wasn't wasn't pregnant during her first oh. romantic episode. <laughs> right. It was funny. I was I um. I was trying to, cause I had my, my kids this past weekend. I was like, Oh, let's just watch something. And I'm scrolling through Netflix and they have labyrinth on there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything. I just tur- turned it on. And then they, I made them watch it. And then at the end I go, Oh, look, this is a great movie. Cause it's connected to star Trek. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I go, Cheryl McFadden. She did the choreography for labyrinth. She's in star Trek. And, and they, they were like, the hell down. they all rolled you. their eyes. They, just, yeah. and they, they rolled their eyes. Pretty much. How dare they roll their eyes at you? But go go watch Labyrinth. That's a great cheesy eighties yeah. movie, and it's Cheryl McFadden was involved. Hmm. Uh, um, yeah, no, I I think this was a good episode. I um, good character one. I think for a lot of them, um, you get a bit more in depth with her. She makes the very casual. Oh, I got a, a letter from Wesley. He's doing great. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one throwaway line, just like to oh, update yeah. you. Yeah, by the way, Wesley. (laughs) Well, they're slowly moving it toward a more more seasonal arc like we got in DS9. TNG still kind of went episode to episode, but it's nice when they throw out mentions like that, even if it is, like you said, just one line. They give us a moment every once in a while. Yeah, they're like, look, it's still happening. He's still there. He'll come back. Right. (laughs) I think those are some of their their better episodes, too, because I know we have a Klingon episode coming up. I think that's mm-hmm. how they end the season is, you know, Worf's big arc, yeah. um, which I, I, I wish they would have done more of those. I mean, it, it, and it doesn't have to be big story arcs like DS nine, but just kind of throw some mentions out there. Just, you know, show what still exists. Yeah. Yeah, more than, nice that. yeah. You can't have a one episode arc. Sorry guys. It doesn't work. <laughs> that's it. Um, you know, I, I wonder too, like how, because I feel like like Crusher was kind of freaked out about the whole symbiont thing, but not really. Like, would it if you found out that your partner or someone that you liked was like suddenly, oh, you're a symbiont, and this is before he even got hurt or anything, mm-hmm. sort of. Like, would would that freak you out, or would you be like, oh, that's cool? You know, wanna, that's one of those yeah. things I don't think anybody knows till they're there because everybody wants yeah. to say, oh, you love the person inside, but right. when they're literally in a different body, then you're like. <gasps> Because we kind of get attached to the outside. It's just how we are as human beings. We tend to get attached to the shell and not necessarily who it is. So everybody would say, oh, yeah, I love who's on the inside more. But you get there, you might not be quite so (laughs) into it. Fair. Yeah. Plus, in this one, so she got to have sexy time with Odan, and she totally did with Riker. I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) So. So her and Troy can can bond over that. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Dude, well if um if if Tasha was still alive, I'm sure Riker would have flirted with her at some point. Probably. Damn data being to it. Data. Sorry, data. <laughs> she got some data input. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I um I, I like this episode. It was a good one. I don't yep. know. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I think season, uh, season four is holding up pretty good. There's not a lot of stinkers, I don't think. That's true, yeah, it is pretty good. This is where I'm I think TNG starts getting good, yeah. Season four? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, there are a couple that stand out in like two and three, maybe one and one, but 
here it starts being more consistently good, I think. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah. And then even, I mean, then you get to like season six and seven has some weird episodes. It just does. It does. <laughs> For yeah. better or worse. Like as much as like, um, uh, what's the episode of Masks? It's a weird episode. Oh, masks is ridiculous. It. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous, but I love it for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. Osaka says you must come here. <laughs> <laughs> it's but then of course his mask ends up in the collector's thing on Lord X. So it all well, works any out. anytime. Works out, yeah. Well, anytime Brent Spiner gets to be somebody other than Data, it's always it's good. always good. It's usually yeah. good. Yeah. So. Good. All right. Um, yeah. I don't know any other parting thoughts from anybody. On this one, yeah. it's a good, solid season four episode. Yeah, okay. it doesn't get it doesn't get a skip. It gets a watch. Yeah, I'd say go watch it. It's worth yeah. it. Um, what's interesting too is it even um while when when Riker has the symbiote in it, Picard always calls him ambassador. He I don't think he ever slips and calls him like Will or number one. He always calls him ambassador as well. Like so, he makes that change. He's like, yeah, I'm your number one ambassador. Hey. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's a nice note. I should have. Uh, yeah. I didn't notice that. That's a nice call. No. Oh. All right. Um, let's do this. Kellen, why don't you tell us where people can find your social media and stuff and you and also where people can find your book? Oh, certainly. Yeah. So um, if you're interested in learning more about Trill based on what I think about them, <laughs> Um, I have a post-canon Deep Space Nine novel series that focuses quite heavily on their culture. You can find that on the Archive of Our Own, AO3, some people call it. I'm there as KJ Gooding. I'm also happy to just send you a link if you ask for one. It's easier that way. (laughs) Um, And then you can find my cosplay and other thrifty tips on Thrifty Trekkie on Twitter. Cool. Definitely go do it. It is worth a look because you do some great stuff. And and you just have fun doing it. I do. I do. I want to share that. I want because cosplay has been so good to me and I'm so glad I stumbled into it. So I want to see other people stumble into it, too. Absolutely. Cool. Um, actually, let me ask you this real quick before we go. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, yeah. So I, and I know this will come out a couple weeks later, but how was STLV in 2021 with all the like masks and the a plexiglass and like, like was it mm-hmm. still a fun convention? I still had fun. Yeah, um, several of the actors said, and it became kind of like the mantra of the weekend that we all needed this, and we did. We mm-hmm. we were there to have fun, so we had fun. Like we we've been there a million times before, and it was more about seeing our friends and our convention family. And we just, you know, we we follow the mm-hmm. rules, but we know what we're in for, and we're there to have fun. Absolutely, good. I like That's that. Awesome. So I, yeah. I I hope going forward, conventions can kind of follow that model. Go, hey, look, it worked here. You know, no massive yeah. breakouts. Like, you know, we can still do this and still have fun and, exactly. and, and be responsible. Right yeah. on. Cool. All right. Um, cool. Uh, David, why don't you do our thing and then we'll be out of here. Already, yeah. Check us out at nerdtrekpodcast.com where we got links to all of our social media sites. You can see Jeff, Phil, and my smiling faces in the Meet the Nerds section. You can go buy some of our shit at Cafe Press and we'll make a nickel. And whenever you are done having your sea slug transferred into a new body, then you can give us a five-star rating and review and we will read it out over the air. Awesome. Nice. Um, That's it for us. Um, Yeah, I don't have any good uh, uh, troll jokes, unfortunately. (laughs) That is it for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, And we will catch you on the next one. Bye, everybody. See ya.